Welcome to refreshing, energizing business talk. This is Think Tank, conversations in a digital world, presented by SAP in collaboration with Microsoft and Intel. Get ready to hear from industry executives and thought leaders on the best strategies and technologies to drive your business forward in times of uncertainty and accelerate success. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to Think Tank, conversations in a digital world. New perspectives from SAP strategic partners on business, IT, and innovation. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and let's see what our topic is today. Oh my goodness, this is going to rock a couple people around the world. The topic is the She Session. Can technology help working women in the COVID era? Let me give you a little background. I have a quote from an August 4th, 2020 story in The Guardian. Here's the quote. In the Great Recession, men lost twice as many jobs as women. But from February to May 2020 this year, 11.5 million women lost their jobs compared with 9 million men, do the math, because of business closures intended to stop the spread of COVID-19. Just let me let that sink into all of you. You know what I'm talking about. We're all in this together. By the end of April 2020, women's job losses had erased a decade of employment gains. Uh Uh-oh. The staggering figures have underlined the changing nature of the workforce and brought into focus the overlooked issues attached to that shift. Women, let's be honest about this, are more more vulnerable to sudden losses of income because of the gender pay gap. This is not breaking news. We know about it. And they're more dependent on childcare and school to be able to work. So this story raises some very important questions. Our world. Let's talk about technology. Can IT and technology help businesses create a more equitable economy for individuals, for families, and for their communities? Can things like I'm here with my guest today on Zoom, can video conferencing, can new learning technology, time management tech, AI, artificial intelligence, and IoT, the Internet of Things, add value right now? And if not right now, how fast can they step up? to the plate. We have three specialist experts on this topic. We're going to be speaking with Dina Patel at PwC, Margot C. I'm using your middle initial, Margot, because I never travel without mine. Margot C. Goodson and Kim Leslie at SAP. We're going to ask them for their insights on technology and the she session. I want to have some music on that she session, she session. We need a song. Dina Patel, welcome. You're up first. Why don't you tell everybody what you do and what's your thought about this topic? Dina, welcome. Thank you, Bonnie. Good morning, everyone. And uh, this is a great topic. Um, It's been something that's been near and dear to my heart. Um, I'm a partner at PwC. I've kind of of been in the SAP ecosystem for about 25 years. And really growing up into the SAP ecosystem, one of the things I've realized is the shortage of women in technology. Um, You know, we've we've got a far way to go, but I think we've made great strides. Uh, When I look across the room at different board meetings, you know, C-level executives, et cetera, the increasing amount of women that we see is really exciting and, and we're starting to get, you know, sort of that gender diversity, you know, kind of playing in. So I'm excited about today. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Dina, is she session a good word for what we're experiencing in this inequity at so many levels, but now so many more millions of women losing their jobs? What's your quick thought on uh, overview on our topic, Dina? Yeah, I would hope that um, we can get that disruption actually changed and reversed, right? And and the more we we make it a focus and the more we give ourselves the flexibility to actually be in the workforce and not having that unpaid labor, I mean, it, the, it's, it's our problem to solve, and, and I think it starts now. 
Thank you. It starts now. I like that. That's a call to action if I ever heard one, Dina. Let's go around the table. My panelists are smiling. Margot C. Goodson. We could drop the C if you want. Margot, welcome. <laughs> you, you've all been on radio with me before, and I'm so happy to have you here on one of our brand new, newest series, Think Tank. So, Margot, in case there were three people in the world who don't know who you are, talk to them and tell them what you've been up to. Go ahead, Margot. Thank you, Bonnie, for having me. It's my pleasure to be back on the show. I am Margot C. Goodson, and I am the North America Head of Diversity and Inclusion at SAP. I am so pleased to have my passion as my profession today because I've come through the ranks of the world through the industries of public accounting and, and some private consulting, and now I have my passion in my profession leading the 24,500 folks across U.S. and Canada in the strategy of workforce diversification and supplier diversification. And as we speak today about women in the workplace and all that has changed for them, you know, it reminds me that talent is ubiquitous, opportunity is not. And so creating that for folks, particularly our women, is very important. You know, we look at how people hire their processes for talent sourcing, recruiting, attracting, and then how you onboard your employees and engage them in your community so that you can keep them and retain them. Then how we develop them, that's a big deal, career advancement. And I think you spoke to that when you talk about the gender pay gap and how so many things change on the, with the economy and with the workplace and the workforce for women in particular. And so disproportionately impacted during this time right now. And so I'm happy to be here to talk about it today because I do believe that technology can really help women today as it removes some of the geographical boundaries that are there and actually erases some of the systemic barriers that come to play when you have uh, biased processes. So sometimes that uh, automation can take that bias out or at least mitigate it a bit. And then sometimes we have to look at how the technology is shaped and make sure that we're not implicitly adding some bias there. So equity is stronger than equality and certainly much needed in today's environment as we are the CEOs of our homes as it is and then professionals in the workplace, moms, teachers, psychologists, spiritual leaders, all at once, right? So that's where I'm passionate about talking about this today. And I do think she session is the right word for it. <laughs> I was going to ask you that last question. Thank you, Margo. You talk fast and you pack a punch. And I thought I talked fast. You got so much in there in your introduction. And thank you. Equity is more important than yes. I, I really appreciate what you said. Thank you. We have one more panelist. Kim Leslie is waiting patiently. Kim, I said that about a third panelist on a show last year. And I got to the person introduce himself. And he said, how do you know I'm patient, Bonnie? I've been waiting and waiting and waiting. So I'm going to say Kim Leslie is with us. Kim, you've been on with me before. We're so happy to have you back. Please introduce yourself. Go ahead, Kim. Thanks, Bonnie. I'm happy to be here. And I would describe myself as a pretty patient person, so that's fine. <laughs> um, so um, I'm Director of Solution Marketing at Success Factors, SAP Success Factors. And I was, I'm really passionate about this topic. I was raised by a very independent woman to be independent myself. Um, and I've worked in the HR technology space for the past 25 plus years, similar to Dina. Um, so I've seen some of the changes that have happened over the years. So, and I'm really excited about where we're going. We still have a ways to go yet. Um, another reason I'm excited to be here talking about the she session is this pandemic kind of hit home for me as well on a personal level. So when the pandemic hit, um, I have three school-aged children. So suddenly all three of them were home with me. Um, well, not just with me, but they were home um, trying to learn distance 
from a distance, um, having to manage the new time management responsibilities and depending on ages, some are better than others. So trying to help with homeschooling, trying to keep them on track, trying to keep them socially distant. Um, at the same time, so my husband, he has his own boutique uh, consulting firm and business completely dropped off. His largest client was an airline and suddenly they said, uh, we got <laughs> we got to cut some costs. So um, that project died. And since then he hasn't really found any new work yet. So we're kind of down to my income. And then on top of that, um, my mom decided to relocate from Germany just before the pandemic hit. And so she moved in with us um, until she could find a place to live. So we found ourselves, all six of us in lockdown at home, trying to manage everything through the, through this difficult time. So really happy to be able to talk about this. Wow. You are an example, a living example. Kim, I appreciate that. I'm putting my jacket back on here. I got so excited. Everything shifted here. Kim, very, very interesting about your family. And I'm going to use a word that may be overused today, but thank you for being authentic and sharing your story because we're, we're all, we're all one way or another. We're all living through this. And part of this, when I go to the grocery store, they say, please keep your mask on, please follow the arrows up and down the aisles. And then they say, we're all in this together. And you almost want to stop picking out a watermelon and just cry. You want to say, I can't get to the chicken department. I'm crying because we are. And, and that's the reality. And she sessioned, I, I don't have the latest count on the gender balance in the world, whatever it would be. And and Margo, you were talking about pronouns before we started the show today. We don't know who counts themselves as what anymore. It's very, very fluid. But the point is that she session is specifically talking about who is it talking about? Let's just go around the table quickly before I get to the quotes. Dina, who is the she session about? What what who qualifies for she session? Can we can we editorialize on that a little bit, Dina? What do you think? I think it's everybody, right? If you think about the impact that it has on, on our male counterparts as well, right? So it really is about the working women. It's about bringing, uh, you know, the next generation of working women. So I look at my nieces, you know, the, the youngins, like, how do we get them to think differently? How do we make sure that we build up their empowerment and their, you know, confidence in, in sort of the technology space? Um, you know, STEM did a great job of that. But I think there's still more work to do. Um, you know, when you start thinking about also the our, our time of being infinite, it feels like we're always the burden, whether we're taking care of our children, our husband, our parents, mm-hmm. aging parents. You know, I don't have children, but I do have aging parents. And, you know, I'm the first, you know, phone a friend when something happens. And so, <laughs> you know, you, you start realizing the burdens of life that is put on females in general. And I think we've got to empower, I think, the next generation to really kind of learn how to balance and how do we make it more quality and empowerment of allowing others to help us right in our day-to-day lives because I think what we naturally do as women as anything pops up we run to the rescue right or if somebody's hungry and it's snack time for Kim they're probably going to come to Kim first Um, (laughs) even though we realize that there's two people in the household so I think it's just a it's a balance for all of us to kind of understand how do we empower others to be able to take on um, some of those burdens of life as well. Thank you. Let me go around the table with that question. Margo C. Good. Oh, she took the C out of her name. It's just (laughs) we're on Zoom and I can see their printed names on next to their pictures. Margo, what do you think? She session, does it really apply to more? We're going to get to our IT and technology topic in a moment, but just just a question of who does it really apply to? Is it everyone? Margo? I do 
think it's all of us. I think it's everyone. You know, we as women, yep, we, I, you know, I'm every woman, me, you, each of us, right? We, we recognize that and all the hats that we wear, but then we do need to activate our men for parity to help us to do what we need to do. We need our children to support us. We need our leaders to encourage and empower us. We need our community for us to serve in it and for them to help us, whether we're at the churches and handing out food or filling backpacks for students coming back. So I do think that it includes each and every one of us in our personal ecosystem. We know our network is our net worth. So I do believe that the She Session incorporates each and every female, male, child, adult, colleague, uh, friend, family member to ensure that we are making this earth, this she of the world better for the future. Oh, I like that. Our network is our net worth. Thank you. You're just full of those bon mots, you know, the good words in French. Thank you. Kim, what do you think? Is this the she session bigger than just she? What is your perspective? Yeah, totally. I totally think it is bigger than everyone. I mean, in this uh, recession, we're calling it the she session. The last couple ones, we called them the man session. So, I mean, we, it it impacts everybody. And maybe this time it disproportionately affects women. But the last time, a couple times, it was disproportionately affecting men. But we're all in this together. As you said, Bonnie, we're all in this together. So I think it definitely impacts everyone. And I think the other two panelists said it nicely that, you know, we all need to work together to solve this issue, whether it's for men or women, you know, equal Thank pay you. for equal work. Thank you all very much. Appreciate your overview. Now, I'm very briefly going to read a quote to our listeners. You are listening to Think Tank, one of our newest series at SAP. And I have three, they're people that makes them experts on this. They're working women. And we're talking about the she session. And now we're going to get to how these quotes they selected. And we have some interesting quotes, one from a very famous investor, uh, business person, and uh, one, for, two from singers, actually. We love song lyrics. And we're going to have them tell us very briefly how the lyrics you picked or how the quote you picked relates to our topic. So Dina Patel has picked a quote from Sting. I don't think there's anybody in the world who doesn't know who Sting was, formerly, is formerly of the police from 1977 to 84. We may have listeners who weren't born in 77. I don't know. And he launched a solo career. But most important, his real name is Gordon Matthew Thomas Sumner, and his initials are CB and he's only received 17 Grammy Awards so far. Here is the quote Dina has selected. When the world is running down, you make the best of what's still around. Dina, briefly, what does this have to do with our topic today? Well, I think in COVID, right, uh, we're we're all victims. And and so, you know, from, from my point of view, really, it's about how do we not become a victim of what's going on in today's society, right? We're, We're being challenged in every way, shape, or form, home, life, work, you know, parenting, et cetera. And how do we make sure that we're not a victim of this, but we make um, make the most of it. So family time at home, dinner time at home, you know, spending Zoom calls with all of you ladies, right? Let, let's think, make the most of every moment that's out there for us and really find the good. Um, you know, th- there is a lot of negativity and, and just take a moment to appreciate that, you know, every day is a new day. We can't change yesterday and we can't control tomorrow, but we could do today, right? So make the most of every day um, that you have. Thank you. Today is a present and that's a gift, right, Dina? For that. Let's go to Margo. Margo's, Margo already said her quote a second ago. It's from Chaka Khan, Chaka Khan, Chaka Khan. Uh, I'm every woman, it's all of me. Anybody doesn't know who Chaka Khan is, shame on you. American musician, singer, songwriter. She was the lead vocalist of the funk band Rufus, and she's known as the queen of funk. There we go. I'm every woman, it's all in me. And you capitalized A-L-L. Margo, talk to me, this quote. What does it have to do with our topic? 
everything because it is <laughs> it is the she session requires everything of each of us and that's why i capitalize all in me and you bonnie and you dina and you kim and all of us out there um women do wear the hats plural in the workplace in the home in the community and that's okay god made us for it and and it's all in us to be the hero to be the strength to be the leader to be the consoler you know to be the the fun mom one day and the disciplinarian the next day even when you're not a mom you're a mother figure to someone to be that mentor to be the mentee to be the coach or the one being coached so it is all in me and in each one of us and what we see coming out as our strengths during this pandemic during these racial uprisings during these time that we're living in is something to be reckoned with the power of woman, women in this generation and across generations to come is very powerful. So it isn't all in each, every, every one of us. And I look forward to the conversation today because it's completely relevant. Margo, I think you just rewrote the lyrics to I'm Every Woman. <laughs> We're going to get a little band together here. and I'm a drummer. I'm a chick drummer. So I'll do the drums. We need somebody to do you sing, Margo, or you just want to, you want to rap it? Uh, I sing in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's good enough. And we'll get Kim and Dina to play something. I don't know. We'll get some congas and bongos and, and some tambourines. And we'll just do a percussion version of I'm Every Woman by Margot Seagull. <laughs> Goodson, thank you very much. Kim Leslie sent us a quote from Warren Buffett. Warren Edward Buffett, born in 1930, American investor, business tycoon, philanthropist, chair, and CEO Berkshire Hathaway, one of the most successful investors in the world. And as of August of this year, He's only the seventh wealthiest person in the world with a net worth of $78.9 billion. Let's leave it there. Here's the quote Kim has selected. Only when the tide goes out do you discover who's been swimming naked. Kim, rescue us. What is this quote? <laughs> oh, I saw that quote and I just had to select it. But first, I want to say that um, I just love following Margot because Margot has the best quotes and the best things like Shiro. So it inspires me to have to be even better. So thanks, Margo. Um, Got it. So about this quote. So what it means to me is that whenever when everyone's doing well, when the economy is going well and we're all employed and everything seems to be running fine, we don't necessarily notice that some people are actually being left behind, aka swimming naked, so that um, some people are not fully employed or there's a big wage gap between men and women, et cetera. So only when the tide goes out, as in when the recession hits us, do we notice that, wait a minute, there's a lot of people out there who are struggling and who need our help. And so that's, that's what that quote means to me. Thank you very much. Very interesting. Thank you, ladies, for your wonderful quotes. I appreciate that. Now we're getting to the the meat of the conversation. We're getting to the roundtable. I'm going to pick a statement from each of you. We'll go around the table. I'll ask the the source of the quote, the person who sent it, to expand it. Take about two minutes because we have a lot to cover. And then I will ask the other panelists, the co-panelists, agree or disagree and add your thought leadership. Even if you disagree, add your thought. Even if you agree, don't just say I agree. Okay, show's over. No, we got to keep this going. So uh, Dina has sent me a quote from Eve Rodsky. Never heard of her, an author. And and I assume this is a quote. It's a, a statement that Dina wants to talk about. She says, there's been 77 articles that have come out since March 8th that say things like women are doing a double, double shift or coronavirus is a disaster for feminism. 
and that it's unsustainable for women to continue to do unpaid labor. And so while I'll say that, it's great to have these articles, but this is not a new problem. Dina, why don't you expand this for us? Very interesting. I don't know who Eve Rodsky is, if you want to tell us a little bit about her, and then we will see what Margot and Kim have to say. Go ahead, Dina. Yeah, Eve's a, um, I met Eve through another session a couple of, a couple of weeks ago and actually had the opportunity. She's a famous author, um, does a lot of uh, research around psychology. She's a Harvard grad, um, just an amazing woman. And one of the things that she's been doing a lot of research around is just the element of women's infinite time, right? Women's time is, is really um, spent like sand and men's is like diamonds. It's protected. And so one of the things that we've been talking about around the unpaid labor of women's time. And so that continues to be an evolution that's been embarked on that, you know, we do a lot of things, but it's unpaid. And how do we change that shift? And how do we make sure that, you know, as we move forward into next generation, that we don't continue to recreate the wheel? Um, Melinda Gates has gotten behind this, which, which has been amazing. I follow her on Twitter and uh, she's been talking to Eve and they, they've been co-collaborating on how do we make this solution you know, for the better going forward. So spending a lot of time sort of kind of seeing what's happening, the research that she's doing, and then trying to define how do we help sort of that next generation of whether it's technology companies, consumer market companies, any company, how do we help adjust our females in the future to be paid labor versus all things unpaid labor? Thank you. That's provocative. Margo Goodson, join us. I know you have something to say, and Kim will be right behind you. Go ahead, Margo. What do you think? Go ahead, Kim Leslie. You're up. All right. Great. So I completely agree with this, and I can see it in my own life, too, and of my girlfriends um, about the time spent and how it seems infinite for women and um, not as much for men. So I, you know, we do need to change this. And I think it is changing over time. When I look at some of my friends uh, who have daughters and also who have sons. So personally, I have three sons. So I'm trying to raise them to be independent young men and to appreciate women and their time. And hopefully I'm doing a good job there. But um, so absolutely agree with that. And some of the things that I think that um, we can look at too is there's a lot of time management strategies out there. Um, and there's a lot of technology that can help women and men and everybody out there. Like, like you said earlier, Bonnie, we're all here together on Zoom. So this is a great way to coordinate. But there's also a lot of time management apps. So, I mean, a simple thing is like creating a, speaking personally again, like a family calendar. And uh, you can assign tasks to people and you can say who's doing what at what time to make sure that it's visible. So everybody knows who's doing what, when, and who's responsible for what. And so that, that kind of can help um, spread some of that workload out, again, from a personal side. Obviously, in work, we have similar things like that where we can have a better overview of who's doing what. And it brings it more visible, kind of like in my quote about the when the tide goes out, you know, you can see who's swimming naked. You can also see um, who's doing the work and maybe be able to spread that workload out a little bit better. Thank you very much, Kim. And we have Margo back. The wonders of video <laughs> conferencing. It comes, it goes, but most of the time it's here. Margo, you want to comment, please? Uh, you missed a little bit of what Kim said, but I know you heard the opening when uh, Dina Patel was quoting Eve Rodsky, the problem is not new. What do you think, Margo? I think that the problem continues, but there are a lot of solutions. Of course, there's more than one way of being paid. So we, a lot of times, may get paid and it's 
form of gratification and accomplishments that don't come along with compensation. Yet that desire for that equal pay and compensation aspect is certainly going to be there. I think we have to look at how we diversify our methodologies to diversify the results of what we in the workplace and that that will garner the recognition that sometimes will lead to the pay equity. So certainly throughout the years and the years to come, technology and the intersection thereof can make a difference around this inequity as it relates to what we're getting paid to do and not to do. And really it is and even can be amongst women, not just men versus women as it relates to, relates to that pay Thank equity. you very much. Ladies, as you were all speaking, let me just move my myself to, here we go, speaker view. Uh, as you were speaking, I was thinking the ways we get paid. I know there is something called the five languages of love. And I looked it up because I believe I might have interviewed the author years ago on one of my other radio shows. And this, this may speak to what we're talking about. Words of affirmation. Good job. At a girl, right? Have we heard that? At a girl. Wow, you're wonderful. Quality time, receiving gifts acts of service, and physical touch. So a handshake, a pat on the back. I think this could be translated into some of the non-paid ways that we think about getting compensated. I'm going to now get off of my look up here, and I'm going to go to statements. Thank you all around the table. Dina, that was a great starting off point. Thanks for the reference to Eve Rotsky and Margot Goodson. I'm looking at your statements. Statement number one, I think this would be a great way to to continue the conversation. You say, talent is ubiquitous, opportunity is not. It's a quote said in many ways by many people, signifying there's a real need to create and advance opportunities for women on other represented, underrepresented groups. Margo, why don't we tie this to technology? Go ahead, Margo. Yes. So the opportunities can be increased for everyone to be as ubiquitous as is the talent, but in firing technology into what we do. So there are different uh, sources of AI and IoT that will create more of a blind resume opportunity and experience for people who are applying, and that's going to help women. We also know that the Zoom and Teams and other forms of technology has enable women to have an imprint across the world, right? Not just unique to their own immediate ecosystem anymore. So the ability to create those opportunity more available to women and other folks is, is very key right now. And we know that women aren't the only marginalized group in this country, in this world. And so the intersection that we see around race and ethnicity, LGBTQ plus status, veterans, et cetera, can be mitigated as we look to expand technology and expand opportunities. We can see where it can help where it can hinder, where it can expand what we're already doing, the footprint and the reach, and that it can also have that impact both ways in a reciprocal relationships that will then ensure that the talent existing in our women and our other professionals across the globe can now reach businesses in a new way. And that way, or that way it reduces some of that uh, inherent bias of today to make sure that those opportunities are just inclusive because that's the bigger part. We are inherently diverse as a globe. We, the inclusivity can be enhanced by technology and that also helps with the opportunities. Margo, let me ask you a question before I go around the table and Kim and then Dina will be next. My question is, is this a time for HR and IT to have a virtual handshake? And Absolutely. A virtual <laughs> opening of the conversation. What can we do for you? How can we help everybody? IT has to be 
part of this, right? Is it a rogue IT? Is it an onboard IT? Where is the new technology coming from? Who tests it? Who proves it? Who makes sure it is not rife with bias because the wrong person did the algorithm? We exactly, exactly. Right? <laughs> the person behind it, you have to remember, somebody did that. You know, there's a, a funny story quickly for, for the three of you. Uh, there's a saying, the, the new factory of the future will just have two, two beings, a dog and a man. The man is there to feed the dog. The dog is there to keep the man from touching the equipment. <laughs> well, this is an opportunity for collaboration at its, at its finest, whether that's collaboration with HR and IT or the dog and man, right? Or the there machine you, and others. There <laughs> you collaboration go. Collaboration at its finest. Like is what Kim Leslie, <laughs> please go ahead, Kim. What do you think? Absolutely. I think IT can totally help here. And, and perfect segue to talking about HR and IT. I mean, when we think about... Um, organizations and the opportunities that are out there. I mean, I think it starts with the metrics. So first of all, you can use your HR system. You have a lot of data you're collecting on your people. You know who's in what position, who's hired, who's being promoted, who's getting paid what, who's leaving and when and why. So starting with the, the metrics, so measuring who's in my organization, like I said, who's being hired, who's being promoted, who's not being hired, um, then you can start to address some of those differences and opportunities. If you notice that, for example, certain underrepresented groups aren't being hired um, that match the population where the organization is, for example, obviously there are some reasons why certain populations might be hired more than others, if that's who's in your market. But then even looking at using the technology to eliminate unconscious bias, as mentioned by Margot. So for example, starting from creating your job descriptions, making sure that the language you use is not exclusive. You know, there's certain ways you can write a job description that um, would tend to women may not want to apply as much. So there's, there's been studies on this. So if you use certain like masculine language, certain people may be discouraged to apply. And then once they're on board, using technology, for example, to um, during the onboarding process to introduce the new employee to the organization, connect them to a mentor or a buddy, help them feel included right from the start so they have someone to reach out to and ask questions. We all know what it's like to start a new job. You don't know the organization, you don't know the culture, you don't know the ropes. And so having someone there that you can reach out to and ask questions to is a big step forward in helping that new hire feel more included. And I could go on and on, but let me just stop there. So I leave something for Dina to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Dina, you have been summoned by Miss Leslie. Yeah. Go ahead, Dina, talk Thank to you, us. Tim. All great points. And I think, you know, you, you kind of nailed it. Data is the number one currency outside of people that organizations have, and we don't leverage it to our benefit. And so one of the things that you touched on around the insights that we do have and, and what is the current organization structure look like? How many do I have that's underprivileged minorities? How many females do we have in certain roles and not? And I think just having that, um, you know, sort of in your back pocket when you are doing recruiting, when you are writing that job description in areas where you want to bridge that gap, I think is extremely important. And I think it, it starts with, you know, how are we going to empower and, and get those information kind of pulled together enough for us to then make decisions based on it? 
Um, I was actually quite surprised when I look around and, and you start looking at some of the analytics across the industry, across the sector, across the, you know, just the different industries that are out there, how it's disparate across technology versus a non-technology company. Um, and, and so there, there, there's the biases within sort of our industry and technology, but if you go beyond, it even creates this more bigger dispar- uh, disparity. And I think bringing AI into this is going to be quite interesting as we start getting into AI virtual, um, you know, certain jobs, you know, becoming a bit more automated versus not, where do we fall into that? And how do we fall into that? Um, You know, are some of those jobs that women tend to do well and and have been doing for years, does that make it the opposite, right? So AI, I think, plays a big role too. Thank you. And Kim has raised her hand, the beauties of seeing each other on Zoom. Kim, Kim, join us. What Virtual do you think? literal hand raise. Yes, there absolutely. Right, <laughs> Kim. So I just wanted to add something too, as Dina was talking about AI. And, and I think we touched on it a little bit that, you know, AI is only good as the data that you feed it. So you need to make sure that you're feeding it enough data and a wide enough variety of data. So it's not um, training the AI to be biased because obviously that could happen. And I also wanted to, to mention that, you know, there are some innovations in the HR technology space using AI. So in recruiting, for example, there's a lot of solutions out there that what it can do is um, look at like the millions and billions of, well, millions, I should say, of resumes and job profiles out there, look at who's been hired, what kind of skills they've had, and who's been successful. And to be able to do that is also to be able to take out the, you know, any of the demographic um, characteristics of that person that's been successful. For example, you don't know their gender or their ethnicity or their background. And sometimes even their education, because a lot of times people can be very successful in a position that don't necessarily have the job requirement skills that are listed in a job description. So being able to cast that net wider by analyzing data using AI is really helping to bring opportunities to people that may not have been um, presented to them before, because we're able to see that even though you don't necessarily have this technical skill or you didn't graduate with this degree, um, people with your um, talents have been very successful in this position and therefore it might be a good opportunity for someone like you. Interesting. Very interesting. Margo, this was your topic. You started around the table. Anything you want to say back to your co-panelists, Margo? I appreciate the the aspects that they've brought forth around data and measurement, because certainly that is what is key to ensuring the opportunities are as ubiquitous as is the talent. That analytical side will get us there with intentionality and strategy around the execution. Thank you so very thank you, much. Thank you, for your contribution. Thank you. Good, good commentary here. Kim, I'm looking at your notes. You've covered a lot of what you sent me, but I want to pull out a couple of statements, a couple of keys from actually from statement one, two, and three. So forgive me for combining these, but just allow me to be a little poetic here. Well, I'm not going to rhyme. Margot is almost rhyming and what she did to rewrite <laughs> the lyrics of I'm Every Woman. Margot, I have great respect for that. Uh, Kim says, right now, business continuity for the organization and finding new employment for those who lost their job may depend on their ability to reskill and upskill. Advances in digital learning opportunities can help. That's one statement. Then you say, and this goes with it, this is from statement two, the longer people are out of work, the harder it is for them to return to the job market. Staying engaged is the key to coming back stronger. I haven't heard that word in a long time, coming back, not just coming back, coming back stronger. And then you say in many countries and industries, people are starting to go back to work, but workers are still hesitant and worried about getting sick or 
organizations can help in many ways. Communication is the key. So pick and choose anything in there, Kim. They're all great statements. Uh, what would you like to focus on? And then we'll go around the table. Dina will be after you and then Margot. Kim, you're up. Sure. Let's let's start with the upskilling and reskilling topic. So this is, um, it's so key right now to, like I mentioned, so people are, are underemployed, they're losing their job or they have lost their jobs. In organizations, they've also needed to shift their business models a lot of the times. We've heard about companies having to shift from, you know, making perfumes to suddenly producing hand sanitizer, you know, Mm -hmm. and that requires new skills and new abilities from the workforce. So that's just one example. Um, And so now is a good time to, to take the time to actually learn these new skills. And there's a lot of technology out there that can help. So um, from a corporate side, there's obviously learning management systems that are available that can present courses to employees. Um, the technology has come a long way so that often this learning is bite-sized. So it's, you know, a couple minutes long. It's virtual, so you can do it anywhere, anytime, on any device. So that makes it really great and a lot, it expands the opportunities for everyone. Um, there's also multiple different ways of learning and, and companies have realized that. So some people are auditory learners, some people are visual learners. And so, the technology enables all these different modes of learning. And then that's just one piece of it within the organization. We talked a little bit about, I did when um, we talked about onboarding and assigning a buddy, using technology to create communities within your organization so that people can learn from each other is another great way. So social learning, even if it's informal, it doesn't necessarily need to be tied to a class or a training course. Um, People could still learn that way. And then if I go even beyond um, the workplace, or you could look at everything that's available today where you can, as a, an individual, upskill yourself. Like listening to this podcast, for example, podcasts are a great way to learn. And I listen to them all the time when I work out. So that's how I, um, I keep abreast of a lot of different things. And there's also free courses and there's a ton of information out there. So I think, yeah, upskilling and reskilling, key to coming back stronger because maybe you are unemployed right now or underemployed. Now's a great time to start, take that time to learn something new, even if it's, again, just through free resources or reduced cost resources online. Now's a great time to do that so that you can come back stronger. Interesting. I can see a mom saying to the kids, okay, we're going to spend five hours today on your learning, and then mommy's going to go to class. (laughs) Mommy is learning how to write AI algorithms. What? My mom is writing AI. Isn't that exciting? Yeah. Okay, mom, we'll play quietly. You can have time. I mean, think about what that would do in the family. Think about the impact on your mom is learning and growing, not just shut up, kids. I got to get on a call. It's look at how exciting we're all learning together. I think that's an interesting approach. Dina, what do you think about what Kim shared? Dina Patel, go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's spot on. The, the the opportunity of being able to leverage technology to digitally upskill is extremely important. Um, you know, you think about just all of us 25 years ago when we first sort of started our journey, you know, we didn't have apps. We didn't have digital apps. There were no podcasts. There were no, you know, the World Wide Web was just sort of starting to become the World Wide Web. Um, and, and so those infinite possibilities of being able to leverage technology to be able to digitally upskill, I think is extremely important. And that goes on us, right? It, it, it goes back to that time management that Kim mentioned earlier. Do you put in, you know, 10 minutes a day to be able to listen to a podcast, go on your daily walk for at least 15 minutes and, you know, 
sort of plug in a podcast that's inspirational or a learning opportunity, leverage that moment. Um, so I think we've got to figure out what that time is to be able to invest in ourselves. And I think the, the key is in the investing in ourselves. We are only a better mother, friend, sister, child to everyone if we upskill ourselves, right? And we leverage the technologies and then we can pass it down to the next generation. I think the other thing is around just, if you think about Zoom and and what the kids are doing now and starting back at school, you know, a lot of the parents are challenged with learning how to use Zoom. We take it for granted because we're on calls every day on Microsoft Teams, on Google, on Zoom. You know, the teachers, the, you know, all of the, the folks have been now sort of, it's instrumental that everybody understands these technologies. And so I think, you know, one of the other areas is around the communication channel, being able to leverage it, not just in your professional lives, but in your daily lives, too. Um, they were saying that I think in just the last three months, we've had 200 million um, Zoom users and that grew from 10 million. That's a lot. Um, and you think about around the globe, right? Um, and, and it's a, given us the ability to also see each other face to face. It's creating that personal connection, you know, in this time of remote. Um, the other area that I find interesting, you know, as we start looking at some of our clients and they're starting to go back to work, you know, what is that check-in process? What is that return to work look like? What are some applications that we can build and we can help support? So if you think about sort of the consultancy aspect of it, you know, how do we help our clients get back to work? How do we do traceability checks? How do we do a check-in process? Mm-hmm. How do we look at that from a whole different lens than we ever had to do before? Um, you think about a lot of the organizations, they're at 15% capacity if we really stick to that six-foot rule. Um, so you think about our offices, going back to our office, SAP's office, et cetera, you know, we're, we're having to abide by those rules and what, what's going to happen sort of, you know, in the future, it's six foot rules. So now my office that normally housed thousands of people is now at 15% capacity. And so how do we make sure that we are, we're fair and we're letting people come in that need to and, and sort of the essentials, but, you know, just sort of kind of touching on some of the topics that Kim mentioned, you know, those are the uh, sort of the things that come to mind. Thank you very much. Margo, let's get you in on this and, and let's keep it brief. And then we're going to do our predictions. By the way, ladies, I have to tell you, I was reading an, an article today. I, I like to read the paper on my iPhone when I wake up. It's better than, better than jumping up and have a cup of coffee because I get to know what the world is doing. And I saw an article that people may think they're depressed because of COVID, but in fact, they may just be bored. <laughs> And do not equate depression with boredom. Very interesting mental health perspective, right? You're, I'm bored. I can't go out and do this. Well, learn something. Upskill, upskill, do something. Margo, what do you think? And there's no excuse not to upskill with technology today. Right. Everybody has a smartphone, if nothing else. Even, even if somebody, you only have one or two computers in your home and they're already being used, right? A lot of the Ivy Leagues were offering free classes. So formal education and learning that you maybe wouldn't be privy to or afford in other situations, they have made that online available for free. Certifications have been available online for free places and licenses that you perhaps used to have to go to a, a, a um, place of business to actually take those licensure tests now are sending you links and LMSs to leverage on your own. So I think really understanding what's available and not being limited by anything. So boundaryless in your search and quest for education and upskilling is very important. 
identifying those free resources and using your network. Again, this is back to where your network is your network. If you're looking to return to the workplace, if you're looking to have an impact, don't forsake those people who you already are maybe having personal Zoom parties with and such and lean into what do they do for work? What do you do? What are you capable of? How can you upskill and how you can add value? So gone are the days of what do you do? Oh, I do this. Where do you work? Oh, I work. What can you do? How can you help me to get into your workplace and vice versa? So recognizing the people resources, the technological resources, and the availability to upskill today for today and for your future and your family's future is so key. Thank you. What a conversation, ladies. It's time for the crystal ball predictions round. Let's see if you can predict something. I'm hoping positive. I think you will. Let's relate IT, HR, any kind of technology to getting out of the she session, coming back better, smarter, safer, and stronger than ever. I'm going to ask you for a really positive, affirmative prediction. 60 seconds each. Let's see if you can do it. Dina Patel, go. Companies will be forced to have more than five to eight types of flexible working arrangements to increase women in technology. Gives us equal opportunity, and it gives us an opportunity to be in workforces that we normally wouldn't be. Okay. Wow. Brief and to the point. She didn't use her whole 60 seconds. Margo, you get <laughs> Margo, you get 72 seconds. Go ahead, Margo. <laughs> and I usually need it. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be fine. Go ahead. I predict that more entrepreneurs will be birthed during this COVID times than ever before as a matter of necessity, creativity, and just the technology that is here. Women already own the vast majorities of small businesses and startups. And so certainly during this time where you're being um, free to explore those hours that you're not on the road, free to be creative around how to solve the solutions of your household that only have come about during this time, it will birth new businesses that will catapult us beyond the need to just return to an employee-employer relationship, but that will enable us for generational uh, impact and wealth through the creation of those businesses. So I'm excited to predict that for the future and watch it come to be. I like that. Birthing new businesses. That's great. Kim Leslie, final prediction of the show. Go ahead, Kim, you're up. All right, great. So mine's going to piggyback a little bit on both of those. So my prediction is that the wage gap between males and females will actually decrease as employers offer more flexible work schedules. So the reason, a lot of the reason behind some of the the pay disparity between men and women is that women often have to take jobs that offer more flexibility in hours because they take on some of the childcare work, et cetera, or helping the elderly um, parents, et cetera. So my prediction is that the wage gap will decrease now that employers have seen that flexible working arrangements do work. And there's many different ways that people can be productive um, virtually. Thank you. Wow. The three of you were so concise. Even you, Margo. (laughs) She did it. We conquered this. Thank you very much, the three of you. I have so appreciated your time. I know you're all busy. Amazing how busy people are. So many businesses have come back strong as virtual businesses, right? Everybody is a, a tech company now, and we're finding ways to communicate. I'm just sorry I didn't think of putting all the radio shows on Zoom Two years ago, three years ago, when the technology was there, but 
necessity was not the mother of invention three years ago. It's okay, we'll do radio on the phone and here we are. And it's it's such a wonderfully more rich experience being able to see you. And Kim, that virtual wasn't a virtual, it was a real, Kim's raising your hand. I want to talk. I want to talk. So thank you so much to the three of you. And I want to thank Brad Borkin, the sponsor of our series, along with Susan Walker at SAP and uh, the whole team who's working behind the scenes to put together these think tank shows. What a wonderful topic. So I'm Bonnie D. Graham for Think Tank Digital Conversations, Provocative Conversations, Timely Conversations. We're just talking about really, really cool, timely, relevant stuff. Dina Patel, thank you so much. Margo, I'm putting the C back. Margo C. Goodson, because I'm sending you on the way with your middle initial because I'm Bonnie D and I can't go anywhere without it. And Kim Leslie, everybody be well, be smart, be safe, be savvy. And I hope we meet again soon. Everybody wave goodbye. And thank you to Matt, our engineer at Voice America. Everybody be Thanks well. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful day ladies bye 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 take care thanks again for tuning into think tank conversations in a digital world presented by sap in collaboration with microsoft and intel keep the conversation going by tweeting your questions and comments to twitter hashtag sap radio please join host bonnie d graham again on the business channel next time